0: hello everybody welcome to the very first episode of big talk with chris and greg i'm chris i'm greg and we are super excited to be starting this podcast um this is our first go around at doing a podcast so hopefully everything goes smooth and uh you guys really enjoy it uh i guess just to tell you a little bit about ourselves i'm chris 45 um really into rock and roll wrestling uh Eating, having a couple beers, conversating with my friend Greg about all of that kind of stuff. Uh, Married for four years, two girls, 12 and 10, and, uh, you know, just really love hanging out, having highly, highly intellectual conversations with my (laughs) highly intellectual friend, Greg. (laughs) Hi, I'm Greg. I'm uh,
1: 52, um... Let's see. Born and raised in L.A. I'm a children of the 70s, a teenager of the 80s, a young adult in the 90s. I'm a husband of 19 years. I have two great children. My daughter's 21 and my son is 27 years old. I'm really into tiki bars, tiki lifestyle, um, beers, also breweries, food, um, Burgers, pizza, sandwiches are more of my favorites. Also, um, I love Disney. I'm a Disney enthusiast. Um, Have an annual pass, and I love going with my wife and we hanging out and having a good time. And I'm also into rock and roll, wrestling. Have been for many years. Um, Love it and have a good time.
0: All right. Absolutely. So, um... Enough about us we decided that the what the in honor of our debut podcast that maybe a good subject to tackle would be disgusting g- <laughs> discussing conversating debating uh, not necessarily the best but some of our favorite debut albums of all time most of them are going to be in the rock genre that is a, tend to be what we listen to but i think uh, first off maybe the the best one to start off with would be what many people consider the best debut album in rock and that would be guns N' roses appetite for destruction would you agree with me
1: yes that is definitely one up there that is a great successful album
0: yeah um i remember the first time i heard i didn't necessarily hear um welcome to the jungle wasn't really the first song that i heard off of that it was sweet child of mine i can remember the first time i heard it it blew my mind i was like what is this what is this man doing? His his voice was just Axl Rose obviously. His voice was amazing. And and uh, the guitar playing exceptional. Yeah. I have a different route um
1: because I was living here in Hollywood, California, LA. Um I heard Guns N' Roses from magazines such as Bam, Screamer, LA Weekly and um I would see concerts of what's coming on or who was releasing albums. Um And Guns N' Roses came by, and I decided to check them out. And you know, when I first saw the video on MTV, the Welcome to the Jungle, I absolutely knew that I needed to get this album, or in my term, cassette. At the time, pick it up and check it out, and and never looked back. When I first got it, man, that album took me to no ends of just a wild ride from beginning to end. And throughout that
0: album, beginning to end, there are no bad songs. That's you know, that was what I was gonna say is is everybody knows the hits. Walking in the Jungle," "Sweet Child of Mine," "Paradise City. City," but it's but it's the rest of the songs that are on there. It's all killer, no filler. It, every song, top to bottom, is is just amazing. Correct, amazing. And uh, me, I, I'm an album kind of guy. I like to listen to full albums. I'm not really a singles guy. Singles here, singles here. I like to listen beginning to end album. So for me it really does not get any better than appetite for destruction. You just put it in, push play and you're set. Nice. And, uh, um, now you say when, when you bought the uh, album or the cassette, did you get the one with that original artwork? Cause most people do know that the, the original art cover was the, the robot coming over the fence and the graphic nature yeah, of so that. Correct. Album attacking cover, the lady. Attacking the lady. And, uh, that obviously was in the, now on the inside of the uh, cassette, like when you would fold out Correct. all the stuff, or, I don't know, was that a gatefold album? Um, yes, it was.
1: Um, I want to say, no, it wasn't on the cassette, but I think it was only on the uh, vinyl album when it was released, um, and that's when I saw that, yeah. I didn't think it was that controversial or why they needed to take it off, but... As it, I guess, gathered steam, it kind of that made the, some
0: people the day of the PMRC. Correct, <laughs> Tipper Gore, uh, manhunt, or or on that kind of stuff. So yeah, that came around too. Um, what any songs in particular off of that album that you're oh um, that you
1: really uh, Rocket like? Queen was always one that made me love that album. That how it ended, it love um, out to get me. Um, brownstone mr brownstone was good um those types of stuff it was just loved loved those songs
0: man you could never do wrong on that let's kind play of stuff let's play a little clip from one of the quote-unquote non-hits oh okay
1: You know, now that I think about it, uh, this album was released in 87. So I graduated high school in 87, and it says about July was released. So I graduated in June. So I think I probably bought the cassette probably in June, July, end of July, maybe August, because I know it was released before I actually bought it. Um, And then... It went from steam from there. So I think that when Guns N' Roses played here in L.A., I think the first time I saw them, I convinced my uh, my buddy to go with me, and he didn't really know who they were. But we saw him at this old concert venue in Pasadena called uh, Perkins Palace, which is still around today. Not not the, actually the name of the theater. The theater is still around today in Old Town Pasadena, but it's you know that was the first time I saw. Guns N' Roses live from that first album and who opened from them was TSOL so that's how I got my buddy who was really into punk to see that show because I come on as a band uh, TSOL which is True Sounds of Liberty so he knew who TSOL was I wasn't I knew of the band but I didn't know any of their music but we went and we had a good time and after that show I remember him telling me wow Guns N' Roses man they they kicked ass it was really good and so I know from that point he he told me he loved it
0: and that's you can kind of see how we, we we come into things at a different angle because uh with you growing up here in in l a and being into the Hollywood rock scene and me growing up in Washington state out in the middle of nowhere uh with that album got released in that uh, in uh, eighty seven yeah it it took it took a while for that album to to gain steam it uh welcome to the jungle didn't really hit off right off the bat and necessarily didn't you know get garner rave reviews right off the bat it took like a year for it to finally get to where it should have been from the beginning so, you know so you you were right in it from the beginning it took i was like most of other people in, in America where not until the video for sweet child of mine came on mtv uh I really didn't uh get to uh experience it. experience it until then yeah I don't want to also
1: say that I was straight into the time when they were released, but uh, I think I was there in the beginning. Like I do remember hearing about this band, Guns N' Roses, not like I said, not when they were in the clubs, but more of like when the album was released and from that point on. So it, uh, you're right. And the album definitely, definitely took about a good year, year and a half for it to go like to get right to get steam to go into the world to it to be playing like welcome to the jungle you know i even think there was a show on channel 52 out here like the the public access access shows where you would go and you would call them up and say you know do you want to see a video and you would call and request on the phone uh hey uh can you re- can you play the guns and roses video welcome to the jungle and you know Checking that out and doing that like kind a, of stuff, like an early Dial MTV. Correct, kind of like an early Dial MTV. That is correct. Yeah, you know, you're right. Um, Sweet Child of Mine came out, and I think it took some ste- it took some a, a lot of steam for it to to really go through nowadays and hit it and stuff. So, actually, on a different note, I want to say that I think I overplayed Guns uh, Welcome to the Jungle so much that if I'm listening to music, I don't really play Welcome to the Jungle but if I'm hearing it on the radio or you know if it's on a TV commercial like I will or if I saw them live I'd be like yeah Welcome to the Jungle blah 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 so, you know not instead of like oh it's on my playlist, it's on my top 10 songs I gotta listen to it I gotta hear it or honestly if i it's if it's on listening to it on satellite radio and you know Welcome to the Jungle comes on I kind of skip or change change terrible but you know nowadays it's it does that. I do that
0: <laughs> more than anything um, before. So besides uh, Guns N' Roses, I know you really uh, came up in the... the uh, being a big fan of the, the Hollywood scene and the Hollywood sound. What other Any other debut albums from any other bands that came out of there that you really enjoyed or ones that you really think were just it?
1: Some of the other bands that I loved, the first album... Actually, you know what? I want to say... I wanted to say Rat... But out of the cellar, but they had an EP before. So is the
0: debut album the EP? I would say, yeah, because it was more released into the world. I think that may be a debate for another day. But (laughs) I I thought about that as well. And and I kind of think of, you know, EPs and LPs, two different, totally different things. Because, you know, EPs are usually demos. Okay, those sound good. Let's just quickly produce them up and master them and throw them out on something. Okay. You know, kind of wet the appetite while you guys work on an LP. And usually the LP contains, you know, a handful of songs from those um, uh, uh, EPs. So I guess if you want to put uh, Out of the Cellar on there, you could. All right. Um, Great, great album. Yeah. Uh, Another one would be
1: Motley Cruz, first album. Oh, yes. Love it. But also for me, um, I think I found them... After that album was released through the major label, so I know it was released ahead of time on their own uh, label, the Leather Records. Um, I wasn't into that at that point, but um, I think my older brother bought uh, the album, heard it, and was like, "Oh my God, who's this band? Mot the Crew from L.A." Then that's when I started to get into it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I'm a. Uh a little younger than you, so I I was, uh, when that album came out, I was only five. Uh, I first discovered Motley Crue with their Shout of the Devil album. I remember vividly the first two real rock albums I ever heard was on the same day. Can't remember the year. It was summertime, and it was ACDC, Back in Black, and Motley Crue, Shout of the Devil, and they both blew my mind for different reasons, obviously. One was just a hard-hitting rock album. The other one was Shock Factor, you know? <laughs> Looking at this gatefold of these four guys, I was like, "Oh my God! These what is this? I have to listen to this." And you know, not even really knowing, this is the days before the internet. This is the days I couldn't even get to the store. You know, is uh, you know, being a young kid, you know, living out in the boonies. But uh, it took a little time for me to finally discover that debut album from Motley Crue. But once I did, it it was uh, it was very amazing. And uh, there's so many. For 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 an album that uh, uh, that early in their career, a first album like that, it 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 sounds good. It holds up well. Um, you know, you write good songs. You write good songs, and, and those songs on there are 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 really good. So another um,
1: debut album, which I really loved head to toe, and these are all probably head to toe at the time we were teen. I was a teenager at the time. Uh, bon Jovi's first album, that was. A really good, and and I'll give you how funny it was for me. So side one, um, I only played side one for a long time. I just, side one, I wore it out. Those songs were just so good. I couldn't get enough of them. Then all of a sudden, I decided to flip the cassette and go to side two. And what do I hear? Oh my God, some other uh, great songs that I just love. So it turned out to be, I love the whole album, but I do remember being as a kid and knowing only side one for a long uh, period of time. Of like, I only know the first five songs, the first whatever, "Runaway," "Roulette," "She Don't Know Me," "Shot Through the Heart," and then I think it went "Love Lies was the second, and then I saw "Oh My Love," like bam, breakout! Like all these songs on the second half blew me away. Also, so that debut album
0: was totally great. Um, and, and 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 I will group myself in. I was gonna say to some of our younger listeners, uh, I am with you. Where the first time I heard Bon Jovi was "Slippery When Wet," <laughs> so I was like, "Oh man, these guys are awesome!" This their first album, but you know, next thing you know, you go to the record store and you're like, "What are these other two albums that uh, that they have? Uh, their their debut, uh, and then uh, 700 Fahrenheit was." was a good album as well, but that debut one was was really good.
1: You know, still to the day um one of the albums that I knew of was Van Halen's first album. Now, I was a kid in the seventies and I was probably eight years old, so I wasn't really into the rock music um, as much as I am today, but I think that's where it started off as where I was I heard Van Halen's first album. And then of course thanks to my brother, my older brother who you know, bought the bought the albums because he had the money a little more than I did. Um, but when I saved up my allowance or scratched that I could and I finally got a, a cassette player or 8-track. Let me rephrase myself. I got an 8-track for you younger viewers. 8-track uh, was another version of a cassette, but it kind of, I don't know, looked maybe a double size of your phone. And you would, you know, stick it in and it kind of had a very similar to a cassette player. Look up eight tracks one day if you can. Um, So Van Halen, I would probably say I heard Van Halen, Women and Children First is when I really started to get into Van Halen. And then I went backwards because I loved Women and Children First. Went back to uh, Van Halen 2, Van Halen 1, and then
0: went from there. Loved it. Van Halen 1 was just... Yeah, that first Van Halen album just is... it's, It's an amazing debut rock album. Eddie Van Halen just showing his guitar chops from the beginning to end, uh, eruption regarded as one of the best solos of, of all time. That's correct. Uh, uh, running with the devil. Um, had to tell, like you like to say is, is it's a great, great album. Um, there are a few cuts that I'm kind of like on that. Um, uh, David Lee Roth, a little full of himself on a, on a couple, but, um, as far as is what year was that 78 yeah that was yeah. that was a game changer in rock and roll um that sound that guitar playing everybody i'm i'm sure i was only two but i'm sure everybody that played guitar was like what the fuck <laughs> is that and uh, anybody that hasn't listened to that album go and listen to it right now anywhere you can find music uh, would that be the album you want to tell
1: somebody okay would you tell your daughters hey go dad who's Van Halen or or they heard something like that and you would say this is the album you want to start
0: with of course I think it's I think it's always when you can and you're introducing someone to a new band to always go from the beginning Um, I don't think you necessarily need to go oh this is their best album listen to it I think um, well I take let me rewind on that I think sometimes when bands are still trying to find themselves, there may you may maybe skip the first one when that sound may not sound like their sound oh, later. Okay. Yes. Um, like for instance, one of my f- my favorite bands, Thin Lizzy. Um, I would probably skip the first two albums and be like, oh. eh, they're still trying to find uh their way. Um, just go straight to Jailbreak, and uh, of course you know the boys are back in town, Jailbreak are on that album. They're not even the two best songs on that album, but uh, start there, go from there, go to fighting and uh, amazing band, but I digress uh, from that. You know, I know we talk a lot about rock and roll, but one uh, debut album that really, I think, changed the game was Beastie Boys, License to Ill. I don't know how much you listen to that, but I remember that just being um, amazing. Uh, the first time I heard it, I was like, oh my God, listen to these white boys rapping. And I think one of the good things about them, you can really tell it comes across in their music. And the only similarity I see between them and Eminem, besides the fact they're white, is what they rap about, what they know. They don't try to be something that they're not. Okay. So, what did the Beastie Boys know about? Partying, like partying. having fun, girls, being on the road, playing shows. That's what the whole album's about. Um, and and you, it comes across as authentic, it doesn't feel forced. Rick Rubin, great producer. Um produced that album. He was also producing the Slayer album at the same time. <laughs> um just just a great 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 fun party rap album. Had a lot of rock samples in there. Um I I can't say enough about that album. I think it's I think it's uh a, a must have in any record collection for sure. All
1: right. So, my version of this, this came out in 86. So I was in high school at the time. I want to say I was a junior, 11th grade uh, at the time. And because I was finding who I was at the time of – I always complained – just real quick rant. When I was in high school, I always – when I was in ninth grade or got into high school, all the guys – because I went to a Catholic boy school – all the guys – Listen to rock. So everybody was into the rock, even the of Rat, um, Wasp, you know, uh, Metallica, all those guys were into that. So as years progressed, people started to get into um, disco music or freestyle disco, which was kind of the term is today. And they would go to dances and they would want to not listen to that music and not listen to the rock music anymore because they wanted to meet girls and girls liked the freestyle dance music and they noticed that guys that would wear hey um, I'm wearing my the crew shirt turned into I'm wearing a you know a, a silk fancy shirt that you know that the girls like or whatever and I just couldn't change I couldn't get into that I'm changing for to meet girls and stuff like that I wanted to meet a girl or meet girls knowing that I still had my Scorpions and Motley Crue and Van Halen shirt on and and stuff like that. So I I didn't like to change. So when the Beasties came out, even though it did have tones of rock or metal or something, it was still too different for me than the flashy guitar and the guitar solos and the crazy drums and and stuff like that. It was different for me. So I didn't get into the Beasties um, when I was younger. So this album, I want to say... Flew over my head and I didn't go deep into it because it wasn't it wasn't meant for me at that time You know years later on today I hear it and I think it's great and you can hear all the good beats and the guys laughing or you know They have a book about it today and they have a documentary and I kind of saw that kind of stuff and read up on it and man It blew up. It was fun. I do remember You know them coming in concert to the Greek theater here in L.A um with Run DMC and those concerts and people were like oh we got tickets we're going to go to me I was like well you no know, I'll wait for the you know the Judas Priest or the Iron Maiden concert or the Ozzy, you know Bark at the Moon tour I just didn't Beastie was not for me as a debut album I didn't get it
0: it just it was too weird for me or not that
1: weird it was just not my sound that I was looking for
0: You had your feet firmly pl- planted in the rock and roll camp and you were not moving Correct. It was like that. So that my
1: interpretation of the beasties, like I said, because of our age difference is a little different. I just didn't, I did, I wasn't, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't feel it. It didn't move me at the time. But I do remember hearing guys blasting it in their cars and doing this and doing that. I couldn't, man. I wanted to hear, I wanted to hear my Judas Priest and Iron Maiden and, you know, Metallica and Scorpions and Triumph and all those other kind of bands and stuff like that. So it wasn't there. Um, other bands which um, other debut albums which I like was uh black of Blues first album. This was a band out of Oregon that made their way through l a but man, they had that first single which is um, um hold on to 18 I probably said that wrong and it just was uh the song was awesome and I still love it today. You know, when uh, my daughter turned 18, I kind of wanted to play it for her. Go, come on, baby, you got to check this song out. Check this band out or, you know,
0: whatever. Of course, she kind of, oh, dad, I don't want to hear this kind of stuff. But, you know, many people probably aren't familiar with Black and Blue. They really didn't make it big. They were on that second tier, maybe. If that, they just, you know, just didn't break through. Let's play a little bit of Hold On to 18.
1: Yeah. Dude, this is great, man! I love it.
0: Yeah, I was never really uh, into Black and Blue. Um, I missed that boat. Um, just not that they're not good. I just didn't uh, didn't didn't miss the whole Black and Blue boat. Just didn't. Uh, I guess where where I lived, if you weren't. Um, top 40 hairband or rock uh, or something like that um i wasn't hearing you and like i said didn't have mtv lived out in the boonies no cable i uh missed it got it but but you know going back now obviously since i've met you you know you, you bust out these bands of <laughs> that, that i may have never heard of or whatever or doing a little research on my own i find them and and uh, you know it's 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 good. It's good. Here's a, here's a little bit of the chorus. for you, Greg. I know what I they
1: can't see what it's pretty killer. At the time, a great song, great band. Um, so the guitarist Tommy went on to play with Kiss right now. So he's right now doing the Ace Frehley character in Kiss. Um, uh, Jamie St. James went on to do some other bands. He was also a singer of Warrant for an album, an album cycle. He's done out there. He was uh, one of those singers that had a great song, great sound, and, and you know, had a couple of
0: filler singer-level, you know, bands that he's yeah, done. Yeah, he definitely has... Uh, Good vocals, and uh, they were a good band. Um, you know, when I listen to them, it's, it's it's a shame they didn't break as big as, as they probably could have or even should have. Um, but one band uh, you just brought up that he sang with was Warrant, and I know that's one of your favorite bands. Uh, oh yeah, uh, tell I me about Warrant. tell me about that tell me about that debut album.
1: Warrant's debut album, man. To be honest with you the same thing how because i lived in in southern california at the time um they were one of those bands that um you know played the sunset strip yes i didn't see them in any of the the uh local clubs because one either it sold out it wasn't like today where you 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 can hear it in a second oh uh, we're playing the whiskey we're playing the roxy or and then you would go and you'd buy tickets instantly no you had to get in line or go the day of the show and and do it so the first time i saw warrant was at the country club which is a big big um staple in rock history for la scene where bands would play metal bands would play thrash bands would play you um in the in the 80s a lot of new wave um, bands would play there and stuff like that. So I got a chance to see Warrant on their 10th um, sold-out show of the Country Club. I remember it was 10th because they, they played our 10th show, and I got a chance to see it. I 10th Ten, sold-out in a row? I don't want to say in a row, but just kind of over the time that they, they, they were doing they, And stuff. this
0: was before or uh –
1: this before, is before, before "Dirty 4. Rotten Filthy Stinking Rich" came out. Yeah, this was definitely before that. They were, I think, they were playing. They were playing the "Hey, this label is going to release us, or this label is going to release us, or, or this show, or this show, or this band," and it, it was pretty funny. I mean, I got to see it, and then still today, still today, Chris, um, I pulled out a shirt, a warrant shirt, which I will um, take a picture of and post it on our Instagram page. Um, our Instagram page, if you don't know is big talk CG. Um, and, um, one of these days I'll take a picture and I'll put it on there, but uh, I still have that, that t-shirt today. Now I think it was a medium or small cause I was a small guy at the time. Um, uh, but I still have it. So it may fit you today. Son of a gun. I'll wash it and bring
0: it to you. I'll probably rip the <laughs> sleeves off. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, uh, that's one of my favorite debut albums as well. It's good. Top to bottom. Uh, A lot of times they get a bad rap. Uh, A lot of times people just say, oh, heaven and cherry pie. But, you know, those are some of the glossier ones. But if you listen to some of the other songs that uh, are on that debut, they're killer. They are killer. Um, Including uh, Big Talk, which is uh, one of our favorites, uh, Mm -hmm. obviously. But uh, Down Boys, uh, Sometimes She Cries. Um, they're, They're all good. They're all good. You know,
1: from that uh, 32 Pennies is one of those always songs that's the, the that first I song totally lead, lead off of that album. Yes, um, heaven cold sweat, those yeah, that first album to me also was fun, uh, um, excellent. I, I do remember buying it on the first day it was released, um, on CD, um, that type stuff. Um, loved it head to toe. I still love the band. Um, you're right, Warren does get a bad rap on cherry pie um but at the time cherry pie was released i loved it i i I was great it's still it's it's also one of those songs too similar to welcome to the jungle that's overplayed for me where eh, do i you know if if i if i'm at a live show and they play it i'm gonna sing and dance and yell and scream and love it but you know, if I'm listening to the radio, eh, I might skip it. I may listen to it a little bit. That kind of stuff. You
0: know, it's kind of funny because you you say that, and I, I said it before. When Cherry Pie came out, it was huge. Everybody thought it was great. Yes. And then everything flipped, and it was like that is horrible.
1: Yeah. Still, like today, one of the last things Janie would say was, "I I hate writing that song. That I, I'm known as the Cherry Pie guy, and I hate it." And but to me. I love Janie Lee on, on for. Oh, can I tell you a quick story? Absolutely. So um there we are right now in North Hollywood and there was a there was a club called FM Station. They would do these things called Fireman's Ball. It was kind of like a a club thing where bands would do a jam session and, and on Wednesday nights, was it Wednesday nights or Thursday nights? And um very close to where we're recording today and uh, one time I went down there and I um, I made a, a, a tag, a, a a key tag called Song and Dance Man. Because that is one of my favorite songs from Warren, Song and Dance Man. And I got a chance because they played and they did like a jam session and blah, blah, blah. And I saw Janie and I was like, shoot, here's my shot. I got to go talk to him. Walked over him, hey, man, blah, blah, blah. Talking to him. And I showed him my keys and I said, hey, man, this is, I love the song. And I showed him, my, I love it so much I put it on a key. You know, it said song and dance, man. And he goes, no way, dude. So he grabbed my keys and went over to his his girlfriend or wife at the time, which is Bobby Brown. Hey, honey, look, look, look at this guy. Bobby
0: Brown from the Cherry, the cherry pie, pie video.
1: <laughs> he went over there and and showed his keys. and I'm like, shit, he has my keys. So here I am not following him or not th- throwing him down. Because, you know, what if he's like, oh, look at these keys and throws them on the floor. Next thing I know, I don't have my keys to get home. So... He didn't do that, actually. He showed her and they they smiled or whatever. And He goes, thanks, dude. And I walked away and I was like, dude, I I saw, I met Janie Brown. I met Janie Lane. And he, you know, gave me, uh, uh, he said, cool, my, you know, keys thing. And that uh, key chain that I I made, you know, probably at like, uh, you know, uh, Universal City or you know, Disneyland or something like that where you can make your own keychains and put your own saying on it. So, that was my Jane Elaine story and I I totally had a shot to see him, talk to him, thank him about, you know, the the first two albums that he made and and stuff like that. That was really good.
0: Um one of the um uh, to to uh talk about another band, uh, Poison. One of my favorite bands of all time. Uh their debut album, Look What the Cat Dragged In. Uh, amazing. I didn't even have the album <laughs> when it came out. I, uh, stole it? I, I had someone make me a uh, copy on a cassette. And they put side two first and put side one second. So I had it in the opposite order. But the, that album to me is um, quintessential... 80s hair band debut album Um, I really like their second album a lot too but that first album is just Hollywood magic (laughs) Um, it's I remember going to the record store and looking for that album and I looked at it and anybody that's seen this cover as a young kid um, I was 10 years old I looked at it and I said which one of these girls is the singer because they right? look like girls they, on them. They there. all they, they all look, look like, like girls. girls. They have a lot of makeup on. And the one that looked the most like a guy was Bobby Dahl. So they're like, <laughs> oh, he must be the singer. But no, he's the bass player. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just saying about that, I thought he was the one that looked like the girl the most. That's well, or was it Ricky Rocket? It might have been Ricky Rocket. <laughs> but they all <laughs> they all look uh, looked kind of feminine. Uh, but they could play. And uh, another one of those bands. Um, uh, you write good songs, you write good songs. And uh, no matter what style of music it is, if it, if it's good, it's good. And that I think, for me personally, that album really resonated with me. Um, partying. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> no, not in front,
1: jump in the back. I mean, <laughs>
0: that's that, one of our fun sayings. That's one we of we our say fun sayings. We yell at each um, other. Um, I Want Action uh, is just one of the great party song anthems of the eighties. And, uh, you know, it's got, you got your ballads in there. You got, I won't forget you is, uh, is, a. I love nice that. Song, little, that's a nice little ballad. Uh, talk dirty to me. Another just huge hit for them. Um, I always dude. look at, at uh, look with the cat dragged in. I yes. love that too, man. You know, that's a they, great they, song. So we, me and Greg, for those of you who don't know, uh, we how many concerts have we been to together? I can't even count. Yeah, I can't even count. I, I think we were flipping around and chit chatting one
1: time and we said over twenty. So I, I think, think it, we're gonna say I think it's thirty or so,
0: maybe. Okay. Um how it's many probably times, thirty now? How many times have we seen poison? Together? Three. Three times. And they open with that song every time, right? Look what the cat Dragon. Yes. And uh, that song just kicks off kicks off the whole show. It sets the vibe, it sets the tone. Uh, love it. Love that album. Yeah, love I do too. Love that album. Yeah, talk to her to me, want some, need some.
1: I won't, for, I won't forget you, Jeez oh. Uh, Cry Tough, that was another one. Cry
0: Tough, now, wasn't that, uh, if I remember correctly, that was their first single. Correct. Off of that album, and it did nothing. Correct, it that, did nothing. That was
1: another one of those albums that needed steam To get going. So I think after Cry Tough, mediocre feel out there, I think it was Talk Dirty to Me that really got some steam and hit the the airwaves, singles, and did it. You know, got them on uh, not just their own little small headline tours, but did um, their own little, you know, uh, supporting act tour that, that got them where there was. Yeah, that was another one like that. Real quick. I also got to see them. <laughs> um, this was, oh, I forgot the name of the venue. Um, I took my buddy again, who I also took to Guns N' Roses. Um, how I, This is how I remember that. So we got tickets to that show, and it said, at the time, we I was 16 years old. And it said, 16 or older can get into this club, and you can, you know, boys and playing, blah, blah, blah. At the time, I didn't have any ID. Even my school ID didn't really have my age. So I had this medical card that just had my name and how old I was. Um, I think my buddy was driving, so he had his ID. And when we got to the venue, you know, like okay, tickets, and then he's like, "How old is you?" And we we're kind of like, you know, I was 16 at the time, and I was 16. And he's like, "Where's your ID?" And I was like, "Uh, I didn't." And I ha- and I was gonna bring out like my medical card that said I was old enough. But he just kind of laughed and kind of goes, "Go ahead, guys, have a good time." And I remember like, "Holy shit!" I. We got. I go. I had. I had all this. You know. I'm gonna talk to this guy. Talk to the. You know. The ticket guy. Let me in. Let me in. I. You know. Man. I love Poison. I gotta go. And we went in. We had a great time. The show was just obvious. Obviously great. I think they did a little recording for the the Cry Tough video. So uh, there and there. Uh, um, I may or may not be. You can see my hands in the video. Uh, but that was one of the things I remember mostly about Poison and that first album. Is was, that
0: the only? Filming of a music video that you've been to. I think you were at another one. No, I've been
1: to a few. Yeah, I've been to a few. I've been in a few hand videos where I'm see my hand or being in there. Uh, another one where I've been to was uh, Bon Jovi's Bad Medicine. Um, at the <laughs> at the time I was working, oh, was I working for? Them? I was working as an intern at KNAC Radio, and if you don't know about KNAC. KNC was the premier rock station in Los Angeles in the '90s. Um, it was mostly on, um, geared towards hard rock. So, yes, there was other radio stations here in LA. There was KLOS, KMET, Rock, but KNC was um, the rock station of the world. I mean, it, it was. Man, you, you loved it. Anyways, so they were giving away tickets. If you go down to Long Beach Arena and they were letting people in and they were recording uh, a video and doing this and that. and I remember getting in and, and checking that out uh, of getting to see uh, Bad Medicine on that one.
0: Now, uh, just to kind of switch gears a little bit, what do you think of uh, Black Sabbath's debut album? Are you a big fan of that? Are you not a big fan of that? You're looking at me, and I can't read you. I think you're saying, "Of course, I am." Okay, so Black
1: Sabbath was one of those bands be- um, that I didn't listen to a lot. Uh, it wasn't uh, the hit maker. They wasn't. It wasn't something that was really known. So I think I got into more Black Sabbath after I know who Ozzy was when he released his singles or at least his album in the 80s so once i found out who ozzy was and i loved ozzy as being that first album blizzard of oz i just decided to go back into his debut solo album correct i go back into his history of music and i you know got into black sabbath wasn't at first like a whole lot but black sabbath album you know you started listening to it it was a little dark and gloom and doom but it was still something that i liked and I got into that and still today I would say say that first Black
0: Sabbath album takes a lot. Of yeah, ass. the first the first time I heard Black Sabbath, I think with you know, most everybody was the Paranoid album. Um Paranoid, Iron Man were the you know the songs that everybody heard. But that first album is just like you said, it is dark, it is heavy, 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 um but it's distinctively Black Sabbath. Uh, Ozzy's vocals are on point. Iomi's just dark guitar playing is on point and and it's it's what only like five tracks or something like that yeah it's uh but it's definitely you know regarded quote unquote the first heavy metal album uh it's good it's it's a really good uh album i I obviously had to go back retrospectively I wasn't even born yet when it came out and uh but i I remember the first time I heard it I was like holy shit. This is, this is really good. I really enjoyed. It. I think I may have listened to it three or four times. The first time I listened to it, I, I really, really did like it, and uh, I think that you know anybody that's listened to them before should go check it out because I think it's uh, important to, to go back and listen, especially albums like that that you know people consider first heavy metal album or the the first album of a band like Black Sabbath that really changed rock and roll.
1: How old were you at the time when you first heard Black Sabbath? Um, Mid eighties. So you were I was I was I was preteen. I was, I
0: was, 12, pre-teen. I was preteen at I that time. I was preteen, twelve, thirteen, and uh it was a friend of mine that had the cassette and he was like, Oh my god, listen to this and Iron Man was the first song that I heard and uh I was like, Holy shit. But I didn't even listen to their first album until a long, 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 long time I mean we didn't have the ability to if you want to hear music, you either had to sit on the radio and you got to hear the hits. <laughs> Or you had to go buy albums because you couldn't buy singles. You couldn't download singles. There was no internet. It was you had to spend your money to hear it. And as a kid at that age, if I had any money, I wasn't spending it on an album that was out before I was even born. Were you spending on whistles and lollipops or what? (laughs) (laughs) Whistles and lollipops and candy cigarettes. (laughs) Yeah, candy cigarettes. Um, Another uh, album and band that I want to talk about. Briefly, uh, is Boston. Oh, uh, their debut album, 1976, self-titled album. Uh I I don't think I can say enough about how amazing that album is. It it's a rocker, the vocals are just amazing. The guitar playing is amazing. If you have not heard this album before go to your Apple music, go to your Spotify, Boston's first album. Uh, you everybody's probably heard more than feeling. Um as soon as you play it, the off track, you're gonna go, Oh, this is Boston and you're yeah. just gonna go right in right into the right into the rest of the album and be like, This is this is amazing. And they got the funny thing about them is they got passed over, over and over and over and over and they kept on trying to get signed, get signed, get signed, get signed. And, uh, you know, finally they did and the rest is history. That album to me is just amazing and a little bit ahead of its time. I think um, it doesn't sound or feel like a 70s album to me at all. It sounds like, oh, OK, maybe maybe like a later 70s or an earlier uh, 80s sound to it. But it's it's killer. Do you think they found end. their sound on that album or was it like more fine tuned after a few albums passed? I think that uh that was it for them. I think that is by far their best album um which kind of uh is kind of uh, disappointing because when you come out with something that good, it's so hard to replicate or duplicate or do again. It just was so amazing and uh of course, I was zero years old when that came out so. <laughs> I had to go back and and you know discover all of these music, well, which is a great thing to be able to do. You know, with the internet and and being able to download and stream music, it's great. But um, <clears throat> that's definitely one of my favorite albums. Um, it's Boston's first album. What do you think about the first Skid Row? Oh, that album is right. That? I I think that the um, statute of limitations has passed, but when that tape came out, I actually stole it from the record (laughs) store. That's how bad I wanted it. (laughs) That's how bad I wanted it. And and, uh, don't tell my parents. And man, that... Dude, for vocally, does it get any better than Sebastian Bach? Does it get better?
1: You know, when when we talk about debut albums, Skid Row's album, man, that was... That was the jam. That was so good. And the same thing, how I heard it was, I saw it in one of my magazines at the time, which is probably Circus Magazine or Metal Edge, uh, Cream, just something like that. They had like a little article in the corner of like, hey, uh, this new band out of New Jersey is going to be opening act for Bon Jovi on their Slippy when, when When album. Come check it out. Check these guys out. They got great songs. And it was like, oh man, I couldn't
0: not love this album. And And, the 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 and, the thing about that first album is, they have the singles "18 in Life," um, "I Remember You," "I Remember You" has a great guitar solo in yeah. it, and uh, "Youth Gone Wild." Those songs are all killer, oh. but the rest of that album, it's like those songs are like the softer songs of the album, and everything yeah. else is just rocking. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite, Big Guns, is just Woo! one of, that is just. Isn't that, man? Big Guns are sweet little innu- sister. Innu- oh, yeah. Innuendos all over. Piece then, of Me. That was another yeah. good one. That's, ah. That album's re- really good. We've, see, we, uh, we've seen Sebastian before in concert, I think. Uh, not with Skid Row, obviously. But, I think uh, one time as a solo act, he mm-hmm. Opening, opening, for, opening somebody. for somebody. I think he was first of three acts. I can't remember who the other ones were. Maybe yeah. it was a rat show or something like that. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. But yeah, Skid Row's first
1: album, unbelievably good. Uh, another first album, which um, I want to talk about, which was really meant for me at the time, was Quiet Riot's first album. Um, man, Come On, Feel The Noise came out. Um, bands, that album, and I, I when I say album, I mean album, but it was, I bought it on cassette. Uh, really was good. I I, I played it out. I mean, I I remember I was in eighth grade, so I was coming close to graduating uh, uh, grammar school. But I remember it was like, you know, Quiet Riot and Motley Crue and, you know, whoever else at the time. Rat at the time was 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 there. I was like, oh my god, I'm I'm gonna get a chance to. I got that those albums really meant something to me. And real quick side note, one of the first. Concerts I ever went to, one of the first rock concerts I ever went to was the Us Festival. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but in 1983, the Us Festival, big show here in Southern California, was Van Halen. They were the headliners. Scorpions, Triumph, Ozzy, Judas Priest, Motley Crue, and Quiet Riot. Quiet Riot opened up from there and that was the first time I ever saw Quiet Riot and I was, you know, a 13-year-old kid going wild because all of those were my favorite bands and I got to see it and that concert still today is the memory of a lifetime. Whenever anybody goes, what's the greatest concert you ever been to, Greg? And I, I always bring that up. Let's oh, Festival ATD, 83. No more to said all the bands in time. That was Van Halen before 1984. So maybe they were recording at the time, but they didn't. They didn't in 1984 was not out. Uh, Scorpions, another band. Oh my god, Scorpions, uh, Judas Priest, Ozzy. So, this was the first uh time he played live with Jakey Lee, you know. And he busted, you know, this I think was a little bit before Barker the Moon came out, but that, but you know, and then Mott the Crew before they released Shout Out the Devil, but they had the look, or was it Shout Out the Devil released? Not sure on the time frame, but I remember seeing Motley Crue. And that probably was the first time I ever saw Motley Crue live was at that show. But I do remember quite right, and me being excited because I loved that album. I loved Motley's, you know, Ozzy Scorpion's Triumph, which at the time, Triumph was the only band I was kind of like, uh, but in the end, they had a good show and, and I enjoyed it. You know, Priest came out, man, Judas Priest came out, they just ripped it. Same thing with Scorps and then Van Halen. Judas
0: Priest is number one. <laughs> Judas Priest is number one, man. And who's number two?
1: I mean, <laughs> man.
0: Heavy Metal Parking lot. If you haven't seen it, go find it. Oh, we love that. We do too many quotes from that, man. Um, are there any other... You know, I got a list here. Obviously, we wrote down list because we're old and we can't remember shit. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just wanted to kind of maybe uh, sound off on a couple of the other albums that I have. Um, we don't really have to go into detail on them, but just so... Um, we just start pigeonholing ourselves into like this 80s hair metal uh, band kind of fans. Um, uh, another, A couple other uh, uh, debut albums that I really do enjoy. Kill uh, Kill 'em All Metallica. Yes, that's on my list. That is an uh, amazing album, amazing album. Uh, uh, Rage Against the Machines debut album. Uh, let's see, what else do I have in here? Here's one for you, Danzig. Wow. Danzig's debut album, obviously he was in uh, the singer of the Misfits, mm-hmm. uh, Sam Hain. This is a lot of uh, influence from my brother, my older brother. Uh, that's where I got into Danzig. It's, um, Maybe if you want to compare it to anything, it's like... That, think about that first Black Sabbath album, but light. Like, okay. like the Coors Light version <laughs> with a guy that sings like he thinks he's singing like Elvis okay yeah and that's kind of how i can describe it the best way um it sounds like a bad idea but it sounds good on uh when you hear it uh, uh do you listen to that album a lot are you into danzig at all or yes i'm into danzig
1: and i think i'm more into deeper cuts of the later years uh yes that first album man mother uh and other t- songs from that album. Man, those was, those was really good. I've seen him live. Actually, I have probably seen him live like four or five times.
0: Did we go see him live together? Didn't we all load up in a van and go down to Universal and <laughs> Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there I I, I we saw him at Universal too, yeah. and it was, you know, that
0: type of stuff. That um was good. A couple other ones, uh, DO Holy Diver. Ooh, that album. I just actually listened to that again this morning. And man, this, so this album, uh, he obviously was a singer for Rainbow. Mm-hmm. He did a couple albums with Black Sabbath. He went solo. And who is that young guitar player that he happened to pick up to play on that album? What's his name? Vivian Campbell. Vivian Campbell, who now plays with. Def Leppard. He, you can tell he is not yet where he would be. Um, what was the next album? Last in Line I believe was Yeah, Last in Techno- Line was the next one. Um he Vivian Campbell, amazing shredding on that on that uh album. I I can't say enough. And what do we even need to talk about Ronnie James Dio's vocals? I mean, if you don't know Ronnie James' vocals, oh, man, you don't no, know. Man, oh, no,
1: man. As a singer and as, a singer, as an artist, and man, no, his vocals.
0: He always, he, and, and the album really has that good against evil. The battle between good and evil is just throughout every song on that album. It's just, you know, like I said, I just listened to it today. It's fresh in my mind. You know, sometimes you go a long while without listening to these albums uh, and you listen to them again, and it's. Not quite like hearing him for the first time, but it's like, oh, yeah, I remember how fucking awesome this album is. Yeah, I I do that a lot. Yeah. A couple others, just quick. uh, Alter Bridge's debut album from 04, uh, One Day Remains. Obviously, we are also wrestling fans. Uh, Anybody that knows the wrestler, Edge, his entrance music is on that uh, album. Metalingus is the name of the uh, the song. Uh, Pearl Jam 10. Uh, Damn. I like that one. Uh, Steelheart's debut album, Steelheart, a band that just does not get the respect they should. That, uh, if you're a fan of any of the bands we've been talking about, Steelheart, you may know they're really their one hit, Angel Eyes. Um, I'll Never Let You Go, I believe is the name of the song. And uh, that album is just pretty killer, um, from top to bottom. Rocks a little bit harder than you think that they would. And uh, uh, the last two that I really have on my list here are uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Texas Flood. Uh, I went through a blues phase. Uh, mm-hmm. My dad listened to a lot of blues, so uh, listening to Stevie Ray Vaughan, uh, amazing guitar player uh, right up there with Jimi Hendrix. Um, I don't want anybody to get mad at me, but I really consider them equals when it comes to playing the guitar. Um, <laughs> they're both just amazing. Stevie Ray Vaughan, check it out. And my last one is uh, ACDC High Voltage. Now, here's where it gets a little controversial is uh, technically it's actually their third album. So, I had to do my research like I always do because I'm a nerd. So, they had they released High Voltage okay. in Australia only. Oh, all right. Then they released TNT, an album, in Australia only. Then they took cuts from the High Voltage and the TNT album, put some of them together, and internationally released uh, High Voltage. So... I'll we'll consider that the debut because uh, that's really when they were introduced to the world and and uh, you know what ACDC sounds like straight 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 up rock and roll exactly. music and uh, would you rock and roll? Or do you call it blues rock and roll? I mean, because a lot of their songs are more bluesy bluesy sounding bluesy. Yeah, it, it, yeah, because it has that 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 rhythm to it. Yeah, it it, it you know almost danceable. A lot of their songs are danceable. Um, In a
1: sense. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you that. Not
0: that that we want to see Greg dance or anything like that. I've seen it. I don't ever want to see it again. (laughs) What? Uh, But those are, uh, that pretty much finishes off my list of my favorite debut albums. Do you have anything else you want to kind of throw out there?
1: Yeah. You're right on us getting pigeonholed as more 80s hair metal type guys, which is probably true. Um, Other bands, uh, three other uh, albums I want to talk about. Um, a band called The Used, um, more of a 2000s band. Love them. Love that album. So many good memories of that album from me and my wife playing it, listening to
0: it. Um, not. You make a good point too because we're not gonna we're not sitting here saying these are the best debut albums. These are ones that we like to listen to. Albums that encapsulate a moment in time for us. Correct. Um, memories you know you hear it and you flash back 20 years sometimes or you flash back five years and you remember that moment you first heard it or that time period in your life and that's what a lot of these albums mean to us and i know everybody's got those kind of albums anybody could you know kind of chime in on this list and say oh this is my favorite this is my favorite this is my favorite but go ahead correct
1: um the use that album um really has a lot of emotional songs, really has songs that mean something to me and that I absolutely love. Another band that I wanted to talk about was Slipknot's first album. Same thing, uh, I know they had a independent release that was Slipknot, but they kind of changed it. To, uh, well, first major release was their album, Slipknot, definitely debut album. Heard it, out of control, love it. It was just wild. It took me for a ride that I just absolutely love. Um, that was another one. Slipknot, love it. The Used, love them. Uh, I still see them today. Every time I get an opportunity. Um, another quick note um, about a year, two years ago, three years ago, three years ago, I was able to take my daughter to a festival, the Warp Tour, which I actually think is the last Warp Tour out there. And The Used played, and I was able to take my daughter and her boyfriend, and um, I did a little cheering up because that was one of the bands that I love, and she knew she like knows the songs because I used to play them. In the car ride, so she knew them but didn't know their names or something, and that I do have a memory of me uh, taking a picture with her as the band plays in the background um, on that one. Slipknot's another band that she knows. That one day uh, she was in high school at the time, and she goes, "Dad, you know, um, we were hanging out and these kids are skating and they were playing Slipknot, and how do I, how do I, I knew the song, I knew all the songs they were playing." why do I know these songs? And I'm like, honey, this is the kind of stuff I would crank. Now,
0: when you took her to that show, was she like, oh, my God, this is them? Oh, my no. God, this is them? Oh, oh, my God, this is them? No. Is their she, song? Or she already knew the youth and the and the music the moment? No, I think
1: because at the time she was with her boyfriend at the time, and they were just there having fun, you know, like a date, and, and it was them being. So I don't think she knew of it or really was paying a lot of attention more than me because I was out there you know screaming and yelling and and singing and so for me I was having a good time at the show I don't think she knew like cuz she was a little bit behind me uh, she wasn't really into the crowd cuz you know when you get there and you're in the middle of the crowd everybody's touching you or too close to you pre covid <laughs> correct um she wasn't she didn't I don't think she wanted to be as close to everybody was so she was a little more back you know but I did I could turn around and I could see her you know 25 yards away but uh, when I asked her about it, she just she didn't remember a lot of things. I think I was more excited uh, that time, you know. And one other band I wanted to talk about, which I am um, man, I, I I love this band, and I'm upset that they're not really here around today. But this album was I don't know maybe 20 years ago, a band called Flickerstick. They're more of an alternative band, alternative rock band, alternative style. But this that band that album. Really, really meant something to me. So they were on this uh VH1 show called Bands on the Run and they won the uh the show. So they were the prize was they got a major release and they had an independent album at the time, and they just redid their songs and released it. And I am so glad because still today, today, and it was just released on Spotify or you know, Pandora or Apple Music, whatever. The album is called uh, Welcoming Home, The Astronauts. And I got to tell you, from head to toe, this album meant something to me. This album, like, I love it. I was so upset that I could not listen to it today. Now, I had it in my iPod so I can hear it, or it's on YouTube Music so I could hear it from there, but it was never released on Spotify And when they finally let me know or finally let the world know that they were going to release it, which was just released, I want to say a month ago, that they were going to put it on, finally put it on uh, uh, digital form, man, I I love it. I I crank it on the first day. It, It was even before midnight. I think it was... Um, you know, here on the West Coast, uh, midnight in East Coast is, is 9 o'clock our time. So at 9.05, I was like putting on there, blasting, you know, put it on. Oh, my God, I finally got it on digital. Loved it. I, If you get a chance to hear some alternative bands, uh, Flickerstick is really an, a band that's out there.
0: I've never even heard of them. Yeah, I've never I'll really talked about out. it because it's be not really it our out.
1: style. But they really, they, they have two albums, um, and I love this band. I mean, and honestly, I got to see them twice. So I was happy in my life that I got to see these guys. And yes, um, once they were, uh, uh, I saw them live at the Roxy. (laughs) And then the other one was uh, the Viper Room. We got to see them. These are small clubs here in LA. Got to see them. And yes, I got to meet them. Yes, I went up to them and had my spew of, you know, thank you and You know, great songs and love it, and I got it. I got a picture, and you know, there's memories of me enjoying and seeing the band. So when they were not around, the the last uh, 15 years, the music, I still uh, because I own the the CD. I and of course you can't play CDs nowadays. Where do you play them? Uh, I was loving waiting and dying until they the digital platform. So I'm super happy. If you would have saw me a month ago. I was the happiest guy <laughs> in the world playing these songs to and from work, listening to it on my day off, listening to it whenever I could, put some earphones on and stuff like that. So I really blast this band. And, and to be honest, I just got to notice that um, I got a, uh, they were releasing a T-shirt, and I of course I ordered one, and it's uh, coming in the mail, so it should be in the mail soon. So course, that'll be another one of those things that as soon as it comes in the mail, I'm going to take a picture and put it on my Instagram page.
0: Or our Instagram page. Our Instagram page. <laughs> you know, I want to, um, you know, think we'll round up and close up the show. Um, one thing that uh, I want to throw out there is we do have our Instagram page. It's at uh, BigTalkCG. We yes. also have an email, BigTalkCG at gmail.com. You guys want to uh, let us know if we are out of our minds. We are idiots. We don't know what we're talking about. Do it. Yeah. You agree with us. Let us know. Let us know what your favorite debut albums are, um, what they meant to you uh, on our Instagram, uh, or uh, go ahead and email us, and uh, we can talk about some of that stuff on our next episode, maybe lead yeah. off our show. Questions, comments, concerns, anything, you
1: know, get a hold of us. Take a picture. We're going to be putting stuff on Instagram. We're going to be, uh, you know, give a a, a quick talk, or uh, something, like you said, a comment, concern about us on, on Gmail. Give us, you know, let us know what's going on, because... We want to hear
0: from you. Thank you very much for listening. What can we do? Yeah. Thank you for listening. Let us know what we can do better or what we're doing right. And, uh, you know, you know, like we said, this is our first time, first time podcast, first episode. I mean, it's, prob- it's probably awesome. Good times. That's good. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, we're hopefully going to drop one of these every week. So stay tuned uh, on our uh, IG page which is a Big Talk CG, and uh, we'll let you know mm. uh, what the next episode is going to drop. So, Thanks, and we're going to say goodbye now. Uh, see ya. I'm Greg. I'm Chris. And we'll, we're always big
1: talking. See ya.